Good morning. I kind of feel like this is live. Um, like this is my second home. Is that okay? I know I'm not a southerner, but somehow you seem to let me in, and I'll take that. Katie and Michaela, can you help me pass these out? Um, now I have to ask you a few questions first. Come on in, Maddie. Good to see you. Um, how many of you have ever done one day of the Christ Walk Journal, ever? How many of you have ever seen it, if you even haven't done it? Okay, so several of you, most of you at least are familiar with it. Now don't raise your hand this time. How many of you think this is the greatest thing ever and it has changed your life? Okay, I'll raise my hand. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you a few diagnostic questions that you have to be honest with. You can go ahead and turn it on wherever it is. It's on. Oh, you're good. I don't, I'm, I am not tech savvy. So I depend on people in my life who are tech savvy to help with things like this. All right, see down in the bottom right hand corner, there's a spot that says notes. That's one of my favorite spots of the Christ Rock Journal. Do you know what it's for? <laughs> or notes. <laughs> it's, my husband calls it the brain dump area. That's when something crosses your mind when you're doing your time with the Lord and you don't want to take time right now on it. So it's your distraction point. You know, you write down, I have to get toothpaste tomorrow. You write it down there so you don't have to use brain space for it. It's one of my favorite spots. We're going to use it today. I'm going to ask you three questions. Don't write down the questions. But you're going to write either a Y or an N. Have you ever been in a group setting and you were asked to mark something off and you didn't want to do it because you didn't want anybody next to you to see what you were marking? I've been there. Um, okay, so everybody's going to write a letter. So everybody's going to be writing Y's and N's look very similar. Don't look at your neighbor's page. All you have to write is yes or no, a Y or an N. Three questions. Ready for this? Okay, number one. I lost my questions. Number one, I am content with my devotional life. Meaning, I'm consistent. My walk with God is deep. You might not be perfect, but I'm content with where I'm at with my devotional life. Yes or no? Just a Y or an N. Number one, I'm content with my devotional life. Number two, I have never been closer to God than I am today. So you would say this time in your life is where you're the closest to God, or no, there's some time in my past when my walk with God was deeper than it is today. I've never been closer to God than I am today, yes or no. Number three, are you investing in someone? Are you discipling someone? Have you used a tool like this and taught someone else to do it? Are you investing in someone? Three questions, yes or no. Okay, so now y'all wrote something down. You don't have to look at what anybody said. This is between you and the Lord. I'm not collecting them or using them. But if you answered yes to all of those questions, you still need work. If you answer no to any of those questions, don't tune me out. You just proved why you're going to listen to me today. <laughs> Because so many of you have seen this. You've seen people, you've heard people preach about it. My husband said, I feel like we talk about this all the time. And pastor said, could you guys talk about the Christ Walk Journal? We went, absolutely. We love talking about the Christ Walk Journal. It's a passion of ours. Um, and so we're not here today because, wow, we have mastered this. We are superhero Christians. Let us show you how it's done. We're talking about the Christ Walk Journal today because it has changed and is changing our lives. And we are passionate about you all being changed. And I know 
that I'm not perfect. <laughs> My kids can all tell you that. Go ahead and ask them. <laughs> but I know that I'm growing and there's things that I'm learning every day and every week that are impacting my life and impacting the people that I'm investing in. And that's why growing in the Lord is important. And so we're all in the boat together. Now you may be at a different point than somebody else's, but you're not thinking about them today. I'm talking to you about you. How many times have, I heard, have you heard me say that, Michaela? I'm not talking to you about them. I'm talking to you about you. And so try not to go, oh man, I hope she's listening. I hope she gets this recording. Just go, no, this is between me and the Lord and where I'm at. Regardless of where I've been in the past, regardless of where somebody else thinks I need to be, I'm going to grow today. And that's my only appeal. Think about you and the Lord and where you're at. All right, let's pray and then we'll get started here. Lord, I'm thankful that you have us here today. And you know there are burdens on my hearts of other people in other places. And I feel so torn today. And yet I'm confident that um, your will is for us to be here investing here. And I pray that you would... Use this time to help us really consider our own walk with you, where we're at, where we need to be, where we've been in the past. And Lord, I pray even just that the, the little nuggets that these ladies take from this time would be an opportunity then for them to share with somebody else what you're teaching them. And it would be captivating in the sense that there would be life given for life. So I just pray that you would Guide my words, guide my thoughts, help me to narrow in and focus in on the things that are most important in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever taught from somebody else's notes? These are my husband's notes. And <laughs> when he teaches the Christ Drive Journal, he uses this PowerPoint, and I went, oh, I don't know, I have trouble teaching somebody else's notes. Yet, in this one, wow, I feel like he and I are lockstep on it, and every time I hear him talk about it, I get more passionate about it. Um, and so I went ahead and I used his notes, although I did change the illustration. I'll talk to you about that once I get there. Okay, you all have used this, so this is not a totally foreign page to you, or at least most of you have used this. Um, I want to walk through it in brief with you in case there's somebody here that this is brand new to. Maybe somebody in here has never seen it. That's totally fine. Um, in, in a very brief, the Lord used this I don't even remember how many years ago now, several years ago, really to get our church on a track of spending more time with the Lord. The Lord had been working in our pastor's heart about spending more time, and we had come across Dick Eastman's book, How to Spend an Hour with God. That's not what it's called. It's called something like that. And he had some of these same principles, and it sent my husband on a journey then to develop the Christ Walk Journal. And the core of it is this prayer journal. Mine's been used a little bit. Um, but it is more than just... This part, this is only part of it, and I'm going to talk about that as I go along, too. Um, and the whole burden was, we need to be spending more time with the Lord. You know, how, how many things do you read every day? What kind of things do you read throughout the day? You don't read. We need to talk, ladies. Do you ever read a recipe? Do you ever read the news? Don't read it very much. It's not worthwhile. What else do you read? Road signs? Anything else? Medicine bottles? That's a pain, isn't it? I remember the first time I had to get glasses out in the middle of the night to read a medicine bottle. Medicine bottle. It was so depressing. I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Squinting my eyes, going, I don't even know how much to give this kid. Um, but we read things all the time. And it all impacts us. Did you know that? Because everything has an agenda. Even a medicine bottle. Isn't that ridiculous? And it all actually trains the way we think. So don't you think that we should spend more time reading the Word of God than anything? 
because we need to train our thinking to be God's perspective. So for all the things we read every day, it needs to be heavily weighted on the Word of God's side. And there's good books to read. And trust me, anybody who's listening to me talk knows that I love books. But if you're not reading the Word of God more than books, you're missing it. <laughs> and I love books. Okay, so we need to be just spending time with the Lord. And that was really the journey that it sent us on. And I've done my devotion, spent time with the Lord for years. I'm one of those people who has just been consistent since I've been in high school. Get up, spend time with the Lord. And so it's not like this is something that I've never done. I was very consistent and dry, but I was consistent. <laughs> um, and when my husband, and even into childbearing years, man, any of you remember little children and time to, trying to spend time with the Lord? I remember one time sitting in my chair in the morning, and I was going to read the whole Bible through that year. I was determined to, and I would just fall asleep. My husband said, you know, what if you just read the New Testament? I went, oh, I can't do that. And he's like, it's really okay. <laughs> and I went, oh, there was this weight lifted off me. Like, you're right. I just need to spend time with the Lord. And, you know, we do sometimes get in these boxes of, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. And I want to dispel that and leave no excuses for not doing what God wants you to do. <laughs> um, because there are times in our life where it's tricky. And you know what? Just having small kids at home is not the only times it's tricky. There's a lot of reasons that it's difficult to get up on time, though my charge is for that. I'll get to that later. There's a lot of reasons that when we do get up on time, we get distracted. Why does the baby scream as soon as you wake up? Or the phone rings. That's why you leave your silences on, you know? Don't even turn it on. Um, but there's a lot of things that get in the way, even when you've made a good plan. Here, here. Right. Okay, thank you. you. You can agree with me, even if you haven't had the same experience I have. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> um, but the, the actual act of sitting down and spending time with the Lord should be a non-negotiable. This is not, okay, you need to spend time with the Lord, ladies. Let's find a time. If that's where you're at, let's talk. Because if, if even just putting time into your day to spend time with the Lord is not happening in your life, well, that is number one. You can't grow in the Lord if you don't spend time with him. What if I never talk to my daughter? What if I never let her come into my room late at night and tell me all that's on her heart and mind? You know what? We'd have a pretty stinted relationship. Because relationships take time. And if I want to hear from the Lord, I've got to give him time to speak. And if I want to tell him what's on my heart, I've got to take time to do that. And so just the time itself is so important. All right, let me walk through then what this looks like. So this is essentially a model for if you've never spent an extended time with the Lord, this actually helps you to walk through how to spend the extended time with the Lord. I remember when I first did it and I thought, I have never sat down and spent a whole hour alone with the Lord. And it's refreshing, it's inspiring, it's surprising. All the, when you first do it, you just think, that was incredible, and you want more. Um, and we'll talk about when the days are that you don't want more. <laughs> we'll get to that too. But let me just walk through what it actually is. If you look at this page here, and again, you've got it in front of you, there's all these different sections. Now, when my husband teaches this, this is the first thing he talks about. Did you see what showed up there? The date. This is a wonderful day to be talking about this. I didn't even say that yet. Happy New Year. Don't make resolutions. I should make a new word. Don't make resolutions. Just make decisions. Okay, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to step, I'm going to step out by faith and believe God for doing this this year. Okay, so the first thing is just write the date um, because it's important to know what you're doing. <laughs> 
It's important to know when it is. Do you ever have to, I have to flip back so many days. What was it yesterday? Okay, what is it today? Maybe that's just me. Okay, then the first section, and this is, I think, more than any part of this whole progression, the part that changed my prayer life. Section one, what does it say? The worship and praise. What is prayer? When, if you were to talk about prayer, generally speaking, what do we first think of? Yes, we should. I didn't. What's that? Conversation. To me, it's asking. Lord, I've got all these problems. <laughs> Can you fix all these things? And I think before this, so much of my prayer life was, I've got all these problems. Can you take care of these things? Which, frankly, exposes what my view of God was. Um, but the, he starts it with worship and praise. Have you ever been packing to move? And what do the boxes say? This and up so that when you've packed your china in a box, it's not upside down when you move it, right? And that my husband often describes it this way, that worship and praise being first is putting this end up. <laughs> it's putting everything in the right perspective. When I sit down and first say, God is, changes my whole perspective on what I'm doing because my perspective is not on me at that point, it's on the one I'm talking to who has way more to offer than I do. <laughs> Way more. Okay, so worship and praise is the first section. It's getting your eyes off yourself and onto God. Okay, now what just happened on the screen? Did you see it? A check mark. And already some of you are going, I hate check marks. And some of you are going, whoa, I love check marks. That makes me feel like I did something. Um, okay, so the check mark can initially be a total turnoff for some people because I'm not going to do devotions and just check off a bunch of boxes. Then it's like my to-do list. Okay, can you erase that? Erase that thinking. <laughs> it really is just an accountability tool. Okay, I did this part today and I'm moving on. So I think there are sometimes when we look at something like this or we've tried something like this and kicked it out the door and went, I don't like how that made me feel. And so we write it off. Been there? You don't have to raise your hand. But I think we do. We, and we, I don't want it to be wooden. This is not just a bunch of check, spot, check boxes. It makes it like a homework assignment, right? We've all thought that at times. And so then we just leave it all. Um, my husband quotes somebody who asked Dio, or said to D.L. Moody one time, I don't like the way you evangelize. And D.L. Moody says, well, how do you evangelize? And he said, I don't. And he said, I kind of like my way better. And I think that is kind of the point. You know, if, if you have for your whole life done some kind of other, I don't know, I want to call it a system. I'm, I'm stuck on words. Spend time with the Lord in a way that you're growing, you're sharing, you're reaching, you're investing, and it's, it's life-giving to you. I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. Please don't misunderstand me. But if you've never done something, if you've never spent extended time with the Lord, try it. We give people a three-week challenge. We give them a three-week booklet and say, do it for three weeks, because three weeks builds a habit, right? And so if you can, and I'll say to people, even if you've rejected it in the past, give yourself three weeks to be consistent, and then reevaluate. You know, just give it a chance. Give God an opportunity to work. And I think that kind of is the point. If you're not doing anything, don't reject it just because you don't like checkboxes, and maybe that's not your issue. We'll move on. Worship and praise is first. The second section is my hardest section. 
waiting on God. Do you know why it's hard for me? I have to be quiet. When I'm t- I can be quiet in a lot of situations, but when I'm talking to the Lord, I have trouble being quiet. But, 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 Lord, I just said, and he's like, can I do have things to tell you. If you would be quiet long enough to listen, I could tell you, and I have to go, right. And so I tell people that I visualize waiting on God like this. I visualize it as I am approaching the throne room. He's on the throne, but there's all these other people in the room that have these issues that I'm trying to deal with and I'm burned about or, or whatever, and I push them all out. <laughs> I do it visually. I push them all out of the room. I'm sorry, this is my turn. This is not your opportunity. I will talk with you later. This is God and I. And until they're all out, and it's just he and I, <laughs> I spend however long I need to getting everybody out of the room. <laughs> because otherwise, I'm, and, and there's a lot of things we're burdened about, aren't there? People, responsibilities, issues in our own life. But this is just my time to say, Lord, I'm listening. I'm ready for whatever you want to tell me. And then I can move on. <laughs> it's a yielding time where I'm saying, whatever you're going to share with me at this point, you have every right to. I'm surrendering my will. I'm surrendering my thoughts and my perspective to you. It's all yours. What did I write this morning? Specifically, I wrote, I surrender my desire to know answers. God is with me, and that is enough. That was what I wrote in my time floor this morning. It's a yielding. It's saying yes to God. Check. I'm saying that just for the people that that really grinds against, so you can just get used to it. All right, the next section then is confession. This part isn't as hard for me because it's readily available. (laughs) Oh, this just flows, right? And sometimes I actually think back through my day before and say, okay, Lord, where did I say a word? Where did I have a spirit towards someone? Where was there a complaint in my heart? Because I don't want to take any of that baggage into the next day. I have somebody that is... um, accountable to me to their, for their devotions, and sometimes she'll tell me her praises and her sin, and every once in a while she'll say, I can't think of a sin for your day. I'm like, girl, you are not trying hard enough, <laughs> because I've got them all over the place, <laughs> and we all do, and so don't try to, don't sugarcoat anything. Any little spirit that is negative and critical, you know, against God, against authorities, against parents, whatever, confess it all, because there is no good reason to take it into the next day. What are you holding on to? Isn't Jesus enough? Didn't he die for all of that? Right. Confess it all. And agree with God. It's not just feeling bad. If you're stuck in feeling bad when you confess your sin, don't leave. (laughs) Because he's enough. You've got to claim the victory and move forward. The confession is not to beat yourself up. Do you know that God does not smear you with guilt? No, he extends his arms of mercy and forgiveness. Someone told me the other day, I don't deserve mercy. I said, none of us do. (laughs) That is the wonder of mercy. None of us deserve it. So when you confess, be specific. Nobody's going to read your journal. I mean, they might, but I throw my pages away. My husband doesn't like that. He keeps them and catalogs them. I use my journal as an opportunity to keep my mind engaged and to write down what God is teaching me because I think it's important for your mind and your memory to write it down. And I don't think anybody's ever going to want to read what I wrote down, so I just write it and throw it away. But enough said. Okay, spiritual warfare. I am growing in this section. 
this section to me is, has becoming one of the core times of my prayer time. What is spiritual warfare? How would you explain it to somebody? You can just answer. I know somebody knows. Yes, go ahead. Oh, that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it is this war. Do you know there's a real battle happening? A very real battle happening. And I sense it all the time. Now, we don't want to get too extreme so that we're blaming the devil for everything because sometimes it's me. <laughs> Battling with myself, which is a really dumb thing to do. We do it all the time, don't we? But there is a real battle happening. And in this section, we actually have to say no to the devil and say yes to God, and we have to enter that warfare plane. I think some of us go, ah, it's kind of creepy, I don't want to think about it. And some of us go, everything is spiritual warfare. And I think the proper balance is somewhere in the middle. You know, almost like biblical. <laughs> biblical is usually real balanced, right in the middle, isn't it? And I, the, I think the thing that the Lord is teaching me the most, and some of you I've talked to about this, is that the spiritual warfare section is powerful when I am a soldier on the offensive. I think sometimes in spiritual warfare, we put up our shield and we get ready to defend. We go, okay, as soon as those darts come, man, I am ready. Well, that's helpful. But actually, we're already in a position of defeat. We're cowering behind. What if we instead enter the battle every day as an offensive soldier? I am with the victor. I am winning this battle. I'm not going to cower in the corner. I'm actually thinking offensively. And I'm not going out to attack anybody other than the devil. <laughs> it's the only person I tell my kids they can be mad at. You can be mad at the devil, nobody else. Because he is a liar. He is a destroyer. And I'm not going to believe anything he says. And so if I go out already with thoughts of victory, my mind is believing truth, then I am a soldier who is fighting from the offensive, not just having my arsenal verses ready if something happens. Well, I'm already sitting down. But when I walk into the battle ready to go, I'm on the offensive. Do you see that as just a little bit different perspective? It's been super helpful to me. Check. All right, next section. Claiming promises. Somebody tell me a promise that's in Scripture. There's a couple of them. Oh, that was mine this morning. Anybody have another one? Yeah. Anybody have another one? There's a couple more. That's wonderful. Lamentations 3. Anybody else? Powerful, right? We could do this for the next three hours and never exhaust it. There's plenty. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> and they're so applicable. Okay, so why is claiming promises important? Because in the past, God has used them in my life to teach me something. And when I, um, let me just share this with you. You've all seen this, I think. In the back section of the Christ Walk Journal, we have prayer. Oops, sorry helps. I'll talk about that in a minute. But in my claiming promises section, if I can find it, um, so he gives you a few, and then I just started filling up other ones, <laughs> writing my own of things that the Lord had given me, because that section, if it is not personal, it's a little bit useless. But I use promises. I write them down when God's used it in my life specifically to teach me a truth and to give me confidence 
that he's working. And so when I look back, I was like, ah, I remember when the Lord taught me this. Oh, and I remember when the Lord taught me this. And then he gives me more and more and more because there's a whole lot of promises in his word. So hang on to them because they're powerful truths. Um, write them out there. Write what you're claiming. Check. Okay, so this whole first section gets us in a position of I'm looking up, I'm listening, I'm confessing, I'm pushing away the evil, and then I'm standing on truth. The beauty of the claiming promises section is that when we look back to what God has used that promise for in the past, it actually strengthens us to move forward and go on to the next section, which is intercession and petitions. What's intercession and petitions? Oh, that's just prayer. Is it? <laughs> it's only part of it, isn't it? Because we've been praying already for 25 minutes. Okay, so I didn't tell you that. Each one of these sections is five-minute sections. And I did for years. I set a timer. <clears throat> and some of my kids still use timers. <clears throat> the timer is important not because it locks you in. <clears throat> I should have brought this up here with me. But because it actually makes you quiet longer. So it's not just, okay, when's that timer going to go off? I'm watching it go down. Have you ever done that? Right? <clears throat> but it's actually an opportunity for you to sit and say, Lord, did you want to tell me anything else? And I think that's really powerful. That's what I had trouble with. I like to talk. And I need to learn to be quiet sometimes. And that's what I had to do. Um, so if you set a timer for five minutes and you begin working through, okay, Lord, I'm listening to you. I think you're telling me this. I'm going to write this down. And just move through that conceptually. Um, you can pray your verses. You can write them. You can just talk to God. I've had people say, I just don't know how to do this. Well, you're talking to me just fine. <laughs> talk to the Lord the same way. And if, it's, if there is something confusing to you, tell him that. He delights in nothing more than to teach you to pray. I think he might have told us that once. I think so. He'd love to help you. Okay, so as you move into your intercession and petition section, I have trouble slowing down in this part, too, because I feel like as I'm beginning to pray, I'm looking around the room going, oh, there's a lot of people in this room that I've had on that list <laughs> throughout the weeks and months. Um, because I begin to just write names of people that the Lord brings to mind. This person needs prayer, this person needs prayer, this issue, this situation, this whatever. And some of it's physical, some of it's spiritual, some of it's emotional. So there's any number of things. Um, and I just begin to write names down and talk to the Lord about that person. And then sometimes I'll send a text. Yes, I get my phone out in my prayer time to send a text. I'm praying for you today. How's this going? I don't turn my notifications on because if they're going to respond to me, I'll find that out later. <laughs> but just letting them know I'm praying for them because I'm thinking about them at that time. Um, but let me just take this opportunity to just to talk about the next part of it because I do pray for people that just the Lord brings to mind. But I do have a prayer journal list of people because... If there were not people that I wrote, didn't write, to, okay, I write down people in a list because I don't think about them every day. Sorry if that offends you. But so that I still pray for people that I know the Lord has put in my sphere of influence that maybe he wouldn't bring to mind every day, but I do need to regularly pray for them. So this is, this is like a 30-second version of something I'd love to spend more time on. If this is a struggle for you, people have said to you, how do you set up a prayer journal? What do you do? This is what I've done, and it's super simple, and I just put it in my Christ Rock journal. Um, it's these lovely pages that we use to separate our journal pages. I, each page is a day, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I have categories in each one, family, friends, missionaries, ministries. 
And before I got to this page, I just made those four categories, family, friends, uh, missionaries, ministries. And I wrote down every person and every missionary, every ministry that I could think of and just put them all in long columns. Then I just divided them up by days. <laughs> Pretty simple. So again, there are missionaries that I don't see every day, and so I don't think about them every day. I mean, obviously, the Lord brings things to mind sometimes, but I just need to be systematically, don't reject that word when you're talking about prayer, systematically work through a prayer list of people that I'm bringing things before the Lord about things that I know are needs in that person's life. And it's a simple, and I, you can see there's different colors because I add people all the time. I add different things as the Lord brings new people into my sphere of influence. So again, it's simple, but it's a way to keep in front of me people that I know I need to pray for, but it's not somebody that maybe I'm interacting with every day. So I first of all just start writing down people that the Lord brings to mind, and then I go to those lists. Okay, Lord, who's here that I need to bring for you today? And then I just say, Lord, is there anybody else? <laughs> Who else do I need to talk to you about? And that time is not about me. It's about others. Because the whole rest of the time is about me and him. <laughs> We've been talking about that for 25 minutes. <laughs> and so at this point, then, it's about, it's about others and who the Lord wants me to talk about. Um, the Christ Rock Journal is intended to be customized. All right, let me park on this for a moment, too. He, my husband designed the tool to give to somebody who has never spent an extended time with the Lord to teach them how to do it. I mean, it, when you first got saved, if you were saved as an adult, spending any time with the Lord was kind of a mystery, right? And even as my kids are growing up, it is not, because when I'm talking to you, you're looking at me, we're interacting, it is different to talk to someone you can't see, right? <laughs> I, I understand that. Um, and so as you're learning, you're teaching this to someone. And I've actually sat down and walked through this with someone, just done the whole hour with somebody to teach them how to do this. Um, but he has always said, it's not intended to be a standalone cookie cutter. This is what you always do. He said, it's not yours until you customize it until you make it yours. And maybe that's where some of you have gotten stuck. And I don't know, nobody told me anybody's stuck. I'm just going, hey, I know how people are and I know people who I work with are. So if you're, if you're stuck on this or you've kind of put it away and thought, ah, I just don't wanna do that anymore, try it again. Pull it out again. Um, because what if adding something in it, like a prayer journal the way I did, or, um, the promises. What if you haven't written any of your own promises and that's something you need to add that's new? What if you need to find some other, you know, the questions in here, if you've used this, the prayer helps where it asks every day about the sin issues. I got to a point where I felt like as I asked those, I'd kind of just glaze over them. I wasn't really reading them anymore. So I had to stop using them for a while and just say, okay, Lord, let's walk through my day. And so there are seasons where we might need to even just change our approach so that it is fresh to us. I have a friend I was talking to the other day and she said in her promises section, she goes through the alphabet and she said, I was on O the other day, so I talked about open windows in Malachi. And so it's, again, there's just lots of ideas of how you, how you can make it fresh for you. We do that with our kids all the time, don't we? Let's do this just a little bit differently so it's new for you. <laughs> Sometimes we need to do it for ourselves. Um, with the attributes, there was a time where I would literally just go through the attributes one day after the other and focus on them, pray through them, look up the verses. And now what I'm doing with the attributes is I'm doing it with my Bible reading. If you've never done your Bible reading looking for the attributes of God, do that this year. It has been the most powerful life change in my Bible reading. 
like this. Today I was reading, hallelujah, it's the new year, and I read Genesis 1 and 2 and Matthew 1. What's at the end of Matthew 1? Verse 23. Anybody know? They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Oh, that's a shouting grounds truth. God's with us. He came as a man to be with us. That ought to change our lives. And so I went and do, I do my Bible reading first. I don't do it in this order. I do my Bible reading first. I get my attribute out of my Bible reading. So my Bible re, or my attribute today in the worship and praise section was, God is Emmanuel. He's with me. That's why my promises was, Hebrews 13, 5, you'll never leave me or forsake me. And so I begin to put them together and I just see God work and it's miraculous. And it should be. It should be thrilling every time we read the word of God. Um, so I've customized it. I've changed my order a little bit. Um, and looking for attributes as you're reading the word of God keeps your reading alive. Have you ever gotten? No, okay. Maybe it's just me. Have you ever gotten to the end of a page and you were thinking about what you were making for dinner and you are thinking about where the kids needed to be and you are thinking about the conversation you had yesterday and you were literally reading every word on the page and you have no clue what it was. Yep, okay, maybe it's just me. Now, okay, here, we can talk about this when there's only ladies here. Are you able to read a book to your children and listen to a conversation in the other room at the same time? Yeah, men can't do that. It's a really a wonder of women. Okay, check, intercession petitions. And the next section then is your Thanksgiving section. Oh, and this can just get you on shouting grounds again too. Think back through your day yesterday. What did the Lord allow to happen? I don't know how many days in my Thanksgiving section there's been protection. We've done a lot of driving over the past week. And we've had some scary moments. And you know what? We're all still walking and alive. And I'm thankful for that. I am often, and I won't try to reveal anything. Where's my page? But there were, a, yeah, there were three people that I put on my list, three key conversations I had yesterday with key people that I was thankful for. The Lord opened up opportunities with people. And I'm thankful for those conversations of the Lord's working in their lives. So think back to your day before. What's been happening? What has the Lord done? And you know what? Maybe it was that your toe didn't hurt yesterday. <laughs> Think about the little things. Thank him for all of it. It's the little things that make a big deal in our lives. Um, Philippians 4, 6, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Check. All right, the next section then is your meditation, your discovery Bible study section. So when I sit down, I write my date, I write my passages down, and I go to read. And what I am looking for is God to show me something. What did I just say yesterday when Zechariah? Was that yesterday or the day before? I said, why did God just put that verse in Zechariah yesterday? I'm sure he did, because I've never seen it before. Has that ever happened to you? The, he was wounded in the house of friends? I, I just saw it in Zechariah this week, and I thought, I don't know how I missed it before. I mean, I knew the verse, but he just put it in Zechariah this week, I'm confident. But doesn't that happen all the time? We've read the Bible over and over again, and there's one blinking in neon lights, and you go, oh, that one's for me today. That's what this section is for. Now, is it just to read and say, I read? Sure. And you know what? Some days it is. And we do it. Is that helping you? You're going to say yes and no, right? It is. Because I'm reading how God thinks. And it's retraining my thinking. Do you know that's what scripture is? It's God's thought processes. That's amazing. Because do you know how many of my thought processes are backwards and wrong? I need to read God's word because it's the way he thinks and it changes the way I think. 
my husband talks often about how when we read the word, it helps us discern his voice because I can only hear what is familiar to me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. Right, because I'm used to it. I've listened to it. I've read it. I've had so many people say, how do I know what the voice of the Lord is? How do I know it's not just me? Read the word. You become very familiar with the voice of the Lord when you read the word. Powerful. Okay, so write your passages down, read, and then actually write out the passage. So he wrote down here, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It's an interesting passage. Does anybody want to read it? Find Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. It's a very applicable passage to the hour with God. Very applicable. Whoever gets there, go ahead and stand up and read it. You guys are quick to volunteer. I know somebody's there. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead, Morgan. You ready? Why did he put this passage where he did? So that we would repeat that prayer over and over again? Why? Yeah, it's to teach us how. Now watch this. This is kind of neat. All right, here's the passage. Look at that first part. Our Father which art in heaven, that's praise. Worship and praise. There it is. Okay, now again, God didn't write the hour with prayer. I get that, but I'm helping you to see our progression comes from him teaching us how to pray. The next section, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's waiting. Yielding to his will being done here on earth. Uh, what's the next section? Give us this day our daily bread. That is asking. Okay, now I realize we jumped a little bit there. It's not exactly in order. Bear with me. Forgive us our debts. That's confession. Lead us not in temptation. That's spiritual warfare. For thine is the kingdom. That's the wrapping it up in praise again. So the progression, though not exactly in order, I understand, comes straight from the Lord saying, let me teach you how to pray. And so again, it was Dick Eastman that we first got this book from where he talked about praying, spending an hour with God, and his order was a teeny bit different. Um, and again, the order, there's nothing magical about the order. We're just trying to get you to, to put the right end up and to move forward in it. But there is something about the progression. I'm going to talk about that um, at the end when we just talk about some final thoughts. So... Read a passage, write a verse. Sometimes I write three or four verses, depending on what the Lord's speaking to me about. Writing them out does what? Engages your mind and helps you to remember. And that's a totally different discussion that I could spend another hour on, and I'll try not to. Although I did say I was going to stay till noon. I don't know how that would work. Pastor is sick today, so that'd be fine if I do. Um, okay, the next section then is the listening section, the I will statement. It says here, he wrote, perhaps the hardest, because that's where I take what the Lord is teaching me and apply it. Because of what God's word says, this is how my life will be different. That is mission critical. Because I can read the word of God every day and go, that was nice. We can sit in preaching and do the same thing. <laughs> do you know that I read the word of God and go to church not just because it's the right thing to do? I've met my quota for the week. I've done what I need to do but because it lifes me. 
And if I don't take what the Word of God is teaching me or what preaching is teaching me, which is the Word of God, and actually begin to make life changes, it is really of none effect for me. But my life should be different because of reading the Word of God and because listening to preaching. So this is where I say, I will, based on what has happened, what was my I will today? I don't know if I should share it. Oh, is this today? Yes. I will embrace each opportunity without baggage or complaint. I will take time over the next couple of weeks to identify wrong thinking patterns. There were a couple of things the Lord brought to mind this morning. I thought, there's a couple of things that I've been thinking that I actually need to tweak, that I need to get back on the grounds of what God's teaching me, not the way I'm thinking. And so my will statement was, and we tried to say in the next 24 to 48 hours, I knew the things I was burdened about were going to need more time than that. And don't get hung up on this. Some people say, I don't like to write I will statements because I never, I never do them. Okay, we'll write it again tomorrow. If it was important enough for God to talk to you about it, stay at it until you accomplish it because he means for you to change. Don't get discouraged. The last thing in the world is for something that is supposed to help you would be to over the head and discourage you. Well, that's kind of pointless. So talk to somebody about it. Keep working at it. Pray about it. Take your opportunity. Don't just say, I forget it. This is too hard. The devil says, perfect. Right? Don't do that. It's not going to happen. The I will statement. And then the last one. Oh, this is more sharing. The sharing section. <coughs> this one, I have trouble stopping the sharing section, which again, I like to talk about the word of God. <coughs> Who can you share it with? Sometimes I'll just take a picture right out of my journal. <clears throat> say, the Lord was teaching me this today. I thought it might be helpful for you. Sometimes it's a lost person. More often than not, it's a saved person that I know is on a journey and that needs to hear it too. So that share section is important. And sometimes the person that I first think needs it, the Lord says, hold on. <laughs> this is for somebody else. And there have been <clears throat> times when I have read something in the Word of God and I thought, that is, for lack of a better term, random. The thing he wanted me to write, and I thought, that I am not connecting with that at all. And later in the day, it comes right. I remember one time with one of my children, it was the most random verse, and it came in blinking lights later in the day. And I went, Lord, that's what you had that verse for. It was for that exact situation. I didn't know that particular thing was going to happen. And then the last section is praise and singing. Take the song with you. <clears throat> now I have to give you a window to my soul this morning. Um, <clears throat> Matthew 123, Emmanuel. Maddie and Michaela, do you know what was going through my brain? All morning after I read Emmanuel, God with us. Right, <laughs> it was Messiah. <laughs> and Maddie and Michaela in my music history classroom last year went to hear the Messiah of downtown Milwaukee with the MSO a couple of weeks ago, and it was lovely, and I'm still living in it. But so when I started singing Emmanuel, God with us, and suddenly there were words with the angels, and I just kept going, just kept going, went back to Isaiah. So I had a hard time reading it, and still it's all going through my head. But I took it with me. The Lord gave me a song, and I took it with me. And that's what that should be. You should finish by singing. It doesn't always have to be classical music. Please don't think that that's all the songs that I get. They really are usually hymns. But that one went right with it, and it is still going through my brain. Okay, and then the last section, check, is your brain dump section. Okay, that was a really long, really fast time. Um, but I want to just wrap it up with a couple of thoughts. And here you can look at my picture, and you can tell me what you see. What is this a picture of? No, it's not. You think it's a wedding? Did somebody say it's a wedding? I know it says that on a heading, but it's really not. It's actually a combination of factors. There's decorations there. Do you see them? See the flowers? They were really pretty flowers. I'll tell you who these people are in a minute. There's a bridal party, right? There's people. 
There's dresses. You see me there? as the matron of honor. And there's little Charity, who is as distracted as life could be. Do you see her right there? She's a little flower girl. You see my hand on her, trying to keep her still. And Michaela's two down. She was another flower girl. <clears throat> there are flowers. I already mentioned that. And there's the couple, right? This is not a wedding. This is all of these parts. Or is it a wedding? Is a wedding made up of parts? So the whole thing is the wedding, right? Okay, now these people are, um, some of you know, some of you don't. The bride, her name is Megan Gruber was her name, and she was a girl in our youth group whose parents became very ill as she grew up. And her parents, actually, her mom died her senior year of high school, and her dad died just a few years later, so she actually moved in with us. Um, when Michaela was one, what'd you say? I think, and Judson was, no, three, younger than that. You were what? You were yes, less than a year old. Okay, Michaela's really little. So that was a few years ago. I figured out this morning it must have been like 19 years ago because, oh, you're 20, and she has been married now for 11 years. Anyway, she moved in with us. She lived with us for eight years and was a tremendous blessing to us, and obviously we treated her as family. So I'm not old enough to be her mom, but it's kind of a strange relationship because I'm her mom and her sister all at the same time. At any rate, my husband is there. He walked down the aisle because her dad was gone by that point. And so they're very special to us. They have six children of their own now, which we don't know what to call them. They're grandchildren and nieces and nephews and none of those all at the same time, but they're very special. They're family, however you make it. But this was Matthew and Meg's wedding in 2011. Yes, because that's the year Titus was born. So all that to say, these are very special people to us, and that was their wedding. And my illustration is when you look at the Christ Walk Journal and you look at the page of all of the different parts, it can feel wooden. It can feel stunted, like it's all of these things you have to do. And it's not. It's all part of the same thing. It's prayer. You're talking to God. <laughs> it's just a matter of actually walking through parts of talking to God that cover the whole picture. But it's all just talking to God. So don't make it more than it is. Just talk to him. Um, I think sometimes we get caught in this, I, I don't want it to be like that, and I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be hypocritical, so I won't do anything. That doesn't make any sense, but we do it all the time. I don't want to this, so I just won't do. And I think that that gets us kind of stuck. Um, so he wrote these arrows all over to talk about how the reality is there's a lot of back and forth that happens. Sometimes my waiting on God affects my confession because I'm sitting there in the throne room and I'm feeling like Isaiah, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and I'm going, woe is me. And sometimes my waiting on God affects my spiritual warfare section. And sometimes the confession of sin drives me back to the waiting on God section and my claiming promises drives me back to the spiritual warfare section. Often those propel me right into the intercession section and I'm writing down Thanksgiving notes through the whole time. So it's never that I'm feeling like I'm in this box of I gotta write this down and write this down and write this down. It's all a whole unit. It's walking through a progression, yes, but it's just relationship. If you were to document to me the conversation that you had with your friend last night, could you walk me through box by box what happened in your conversation? No, it would look like this, wouldn't it? Because conversation is continual back and forth. Prayer is no different. You're just talking and listening. 
learn to listen throughout. And so often, like this morning, my Matthew 1.23 affected my um, claiming promises, which affected my will statement, which affected me writing in the praise and worship section, Messiah, because it was going through my head the whole time. It was all connected. It was a unit that was all connected. All right, and it's a whole. You're just talking to God. Let me give you some final thoughts, and we will be done. And these final thoughts could probably each take a half an hour, so I will try not to let it do that. My husband spoke to your men last summer at the men's prayer meeting one Sunday morning when you're here about this concept of he is, and because he is, I am, and when he speaks, I will. And that's kind of a progression he's gone through over the past several months in his, um, his Christ Walk Journal. In fact, today back at home, this is why I feel so torn, we are starting a brand new Sunday school series about the names of God and how they affect who I am. Ladies, we all struggle with our identity in Christ because we don't really know who he is. And because we don't really know who he is, we have no clue who we are. And so we're going through this, the names of God, and because of who he is, then we're writing I am statements, not the I am, but because God is this, I am this. And then when he speaks, I'm going to act on it. And so just that progression, even if you put the, your, your time with the Lord into those four sentences, it just kind of helps it put in, 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 one, in one little nugget. Um, let the Lord speak. This really is a Christ walk. This is not your homework. You're not turning it in. It's a relationship. Isn't that what Christianity has different than any other religion? We're not a religion, Bible Christianity. It's a relationship, and that's how we need to see it and love it. Um, one passage can guide. Mine did this morning. Sometimes, if you were to look through my journal, you would see there's different passages all over the place. But it may be that you just land in one, and you have offshoots from it all over the place. Journal every step. Some people say, I just don't like writing. Okay, do it anyway. <laughs> because it's, the pen engages the mind. We get less distracted when we are writing, and it helps us. My husband will say, if it's important enough to remember, it's important enough to write down. And again, you don't have to keep it, though he would advocate that. But just writing it down, don't you? When you write down something that you need to remember, it's, not, it, it's gone. It's, you don't have to remember it anymore. I, or when you even put a reminder in your phone, which I, I do that more now, and I'm not a digital person. I'm a paper and pencil person. But when you put it down, then you don't even have to use the reminder. I had that this morning. I had to tell someone to bring something to Sunday school. And I remembered it before I got the reminder because I had written it down. Um, and this is not based on how you feel. I only have nine minutes left, and this could take three hours. But do you feel the same way about the Word of God every day? Do you feel the same way about yourself or your husband every day? <laughs> do you feel the same way about getting out of bed every day? No. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, our walk with God is not about feelings. Feelings are real, but they aren't always right. <laughs> so yeah, I might really feel like this, but it doesn't mean I need to act on those feelings. Um, and so sometimes, like today, and I, I don't know if it was because I was thinking about it and coming to teach y'all, but everything was in neon lights today. Um, and there are some days where I read it and I go, I am not sure what I'm reading, but Lord, I am standing on the truth that you are working, <laughs> even though I don't know what you're doing. And you know what? <clears throat> no, there's a man that entered the room. I have to be careful. You're not listening, are you? See, he's not listening. There are times for some of us ladies that we are a little more off than others. You tracking with me? 
And those are not the times to say, I forget, I'm not going to read my Bible today. What do you need more than anything on those days? Your Bible, right? <laughs> You've got to spend time with the Word every day. The Lord's been dealing in my heart about the Word. What does John call the Word? What does he, what does he say about the Word? John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word, down to verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. What is the Word? Yeah, I shouldn't have said what, should I? What else is the Word? Okay, so it is Jesus, and it is the written Word. So the written Word is Jesus. Do you know that you need Jesus? You need the Word of God? But if the word of God to you is just, uh, I have to do this today, then it's not life in you. But do you know that even when you do it out of duty, he can still speak because it's his. It's not us at that point. His word will not return void, and it is always life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so every time you go to his word, you're changing. <laughs> Whether you realized it or not. Ha! Right? And it is real. But you've got to make decisions, ladies, to say, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. And I'm going to let him work. And maybe you're a little gun-shy because you've had past bad experiences in your past. Um, that it's been difficult for you. It's been a drudgery. It's been, I don't know, give me any excuse you want and I'll tell you why it doesn't work. <coughs> they may be factors. Don't use them as excuses, right? Um, and let me just, this is my last nugget. Many of you have heard me say this. If you feel like you have physical reasons for why you can't do what God wants you to do, eliminate the big four. What are they? Help me. What are the big water, sleep, Food, exercise. No, that's food. Exercise. If those things are not taken care of, don't go hunting down problems at the doctor. <laughs> Deal with those first. I'm convicted myself. A couple of those areas I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I need to get back on track. But I think sometimes we like to use things that are real. I'm really feeling this way. There must be something wrong with me. And maybe there is. I get that. I get that people have struggles. But I think that too often we go hunting for an answer when we aren't taking care of ourselves. Ladies, there are people counting on you. There are people that God wants you to reach, you to influence, you to invest in. And so if we have things in our lives that we're just not wanting to deal with, that we can deal with, we're actually hurting our ability to minister. We're hurting our, our ability to be useful. That was just free at the end, but I usually throw that in somewhere because it's convicting to me. <laughs> Um, okay, so I would love to talk to you one-on-one -on -one about this. I'm obviously very passionate about the Christ Walk Journal, but I'm not as passionate about the Christ Walk Journal as I am about you walking with God. And so I'd love to talk to you about that. I'm glad to be here, and I think we need to be done. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. <laughs>